Welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. Go to the website, do not listen to this podcast.com to get information on the, on the podcast. And don't forget, when you support the podcast, 50% of your donations go to feeding stray cats and dogs, and the other 50% goes to covering the cost of the podcast. I am so happy to have one of my favorite people on as a guest today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey guys, this is Sarah Gross. Roger, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Why don't you tell them a little bit about what you do? And then I'm going to give you, and then I'm going to give a big kudos to you after that. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So right now I am the head of influencer marketing at an agency called Mute6. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much if, if you're a brand and you're looking to get into influencer marketing, um, you can reach out to me and I can have my team actually go in and execute campaigns for you mm-hmm. as if they were at your in-house team. Um, that's pretty much what I do. It's really fun, especially kind of seeing the space explode. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to, to talk a little bit more and, and how COVID has changed pretty much everything. Yeah. So the, all these episodes this round, I, I want to kind of bring things back to, to COVID and, and how it's changed stuff. So first of all, I want to say one, one of the reasons I really like Sarah is she is probably one of my favorite people in their 20s right now um, because she's wicked smart she's funny and she just knows how to get stuff done and so I always tell people that are older hey you've got to have somebody in their 20s 30s 40s younger than you in each category that you admire and Sarah is my my 20s my go-to 20s consultant so I want to hear what it's like to be in a pandemic in your 20s because, you know, for us, I'm, in, I'm 57. I can't imagine what it would be like in your 20s. So talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. So I, I first I know that it's a totally different experience going to school, especially right. in your early 20s. Um, finding internships, graduating, finding a job, missing what I've been most impacted on like that front is socially. I can't go out, meet people. Um, That's gotta suck. That's really gotta (laughs) suck. Unless, unless you had a bunch of things going on that, that weren't going well. And then you, you could use it as an excuse to kind of say, well, I can't see you because of COVID. Right. But lucky for me, I actually dropped out of school. So I was completely unaffected on the education part. Um, But I just know having like everyone has been saying having 2020 on your resume as in graduation year, even now 2021 and potentially 2022, it's going to be like a different breed of like, like young professionals who are, who are just into different things and have experienced something different. And um, I think just jobs in general will change. Well, I had, I, I, I had some kids that I had tutored in my tutoring business that were having to pick schools, but not being able to go to the school. Yeah. And I mean, the only, the only reason why I've been able to, you know, like drop out, um, I moved across the country, not knowing anyone. I went from Boston to LA and the way I've been able to do that is just making connections, meeting people for coffee. And it's so weird to ask someone for like a video call. If you don't know them like in person or you're not able to meet up with them. And so just having a, like a human to human connection is so different. Um, 
and people I feel like are a little bit nervous, especially early on, on in their career to reach their neck out and ask for help. Um, and I mean, that's how, that's how I've been able to accomplish everything is asking, asking for these connections, asking for the next intro. Um, and it's just not the same. And in all fairness, uh, she didn't just drop out of school just to drop out of school. She, she created a job. (laughs) Why don't you tell them a little bit about that? I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing. Cause I was there the weekend that you were looking for jobs. Cause that's when you get a hobby interview. Yes. Um, so I was a junior in, in college at Syracuse University in, in upstate New York, and I was the president of the Entrepreneurship Club. Um, I, it happened to, to really kick off when I joined, and then actually as, I think, a, a sophomore, I, turned, I became the president, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much opportunity. Syracuse is an up-and-coming university. We were just named number one in entrepreneurship. Um, why is there 20 kids in this club? So with a lot of different strategies and it was a lot of um, like turning the club into a community and a culture, um, I blew it up to 500 members who were active. And so at that point I was like, okay, there's so many other things that I could be doing that I'm not like getting fulfillment through my everyday courses. So I started to work online and do like the, what I call it is YouTube university. So a lot of Mm -hmm. like videos and how to's to be able to supplement my coursework. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I wasn't getting any credit for it. Um, And so at that point I was like, okay, I'm gonna reach out to this company. It was a marketing agency Mm -hmm. um, and maybe they'll be open to hiring me. I see like an internship online. And so it happened, the way it turned out was that the company actually didn't have an internship open. They only hired full-time employees. They were out in LA. And so um, I had this big stunt happen on campus where I ended up being kicked out of the entrepreneurship club. Mm-hmm. I posted about it on LinkedIn and, and the CEO of this company that I was trying to get a job at. He's like, okay, Sarah, this is your chance. Drop out of school, move across the country. We'll pay for one way for your flight. Um, so you're, you're going to be living here, <laughs> surprise. Um, and we'll, we'll offer you, uh, we'll extend an offer. And so I took it, I ran with it. And that's, that's, uh, that's how I got out and, and started working and dropped out of school. I definitely wouldn't recommend anyone just dropping out because they don't like it. Um, but it, it's definitely different and there's different well, I, ways. I can actually understand a lot of people wanting to drop out now because of COVID because it's just, I mean, it's a, it's a whole different thing. I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if I would want, if I would enjoy the online experience as much as a direct college experience. Yeah. Definitely not the same. I have taken online courses. I mean, if it was I me, and I mean, they're fun to a point, but you don't get that social, you don't get that social element and you don't get that. I mean, you're a lot of people, a lot of these poor kids are stuck in the room with their, at their parents' house. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, if it was me in school, I would probably take a, a break. I wouldn't right. just drop out. No, I agree. Um, Cause I mean, like the in-person experience is so important. Like it's what, why college is college. That's exactly right. Well, so, so work-wise, how did the, how was the year starting out with the influencer marketing stuff? And then when COVID hit, what was the difference and what, what changes did you guys make at the, at, at the company? Yes. So (laughs) the start of COVID was actually um, kind of funny 
So I hired two new people on my team uh, the week we went uh, remote. And right. kind of the, the way it happened was um, the company I work for is called Mute6. Um, everyone was centralized in LA. Right. So we, every, everyone showed up to work. We all knew each yeah, other. It's, at not, the time. it's not a small agency. It's quite a, it's how many people? Yeah. I mean, at the time, pre, like during when COVID was just starting to break out, it right. was about 150, 175 people. Yeah, not, um, not, not small at all. And we just were acquired by this pretty large um, Ad company, agency, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was in an international brand and, and it, we were all excited. And all of a sudden we're going to COVID. I hired two new members. I'm like, okay, so how am I going to make training virtual? How right. are they going to connect with the team? Because everyone has spent months and months with each right. other and really knew like how to work with each other. Right. Um, and so first they said, you know, uh, we're going to do a drill. And if we are going to work from home, let's just try it out. Um, everyone bring your computers and uh, make sure you have everything you need because everyone's like the entire company is going to be remote for a day. Right. And that one day turned into like two weeks and then like a month. And then um, going back to the offices to, to TBD to be determined. Sure. Uh, and then, I mean, I think everyone's just expecting never to go back. Well, kind of amazing, uh, you know, kind of amazing if you think about it. I mean, what one of the things that I think is really great about this from a from a business standpoint is people really have to ask themselves like how important is an office how important is business travel what can be done without that and you know those things are important but what can you do without that yeah i, I mean i'm lucky that i i work for a digital marketing agency sure. where influencer marketing is like 90 percent online and maybe 10 percent events and um, the events which, were wiped out so well, not really. A lot yeah. of underground events. Well, um, where legal it was events like... were wiped out. <laughs> yeah. not, uh, rave. not not rave. Not where you show up with a password and knock there, on the door. Uh, there's a gaka. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're in. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and then also when COVID happened, a lot of brands were nervous because right. they weren't sure what the trends would be if anyone was spending money as yeah. people were losing jobs or losing confidence in, in brands. Well, and, also and so also brands weren't able to send out products to That's not right. only influencers for to their normal customers. And so it was a, I was scared. I had one of my, my team members say like, Hey, am I going to lose my job? I'm like, Oh, right now, right now, you're good to go. Like, I'll let you well, know if anything. When they say that, 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 you say with that attitude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, nobody walks into the office and goes, "Am I going to keep my job? Am I am I not going to be able to get out of here?" You know. Well, and then it's amazing. Sudden, yeah, but I mean, all of a sudden, we had I think twenty percent of the brands we were working with just drop off and say, "Hey, can we pause sure. working?" sure um that was probably march april then right um yeah it when was did they, when did they come back um so most of them came back um they wanted to do like two month extensions and we were like fine i mean it's covid it's unprecedented right. no one knows what's going to go on right. like if this is going to like 
throw your business down and, and take you over, like take you under. Right. Um, we'll do unlimited pauses. So sure. I think that started to come back around like eight, like May, April. Right. Um, some of them actually failed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. so to say, but um, some of them came back like stronger than ever. And, and like, especially for me, we're making more money than we've ever had for brands because everything, everyone is so, um, used to just shopping online now. That's, yeah, it's a, that's, that's a big that, that's a big a big spike for you guys. Were you able to identify out of the influencers who was uh, more human and who was more worried about themselves when uh, this stuff was happening? I mean, we had to we had to change the messaging when we were reaching sure. out to influencers. Sure. Um, before it was, you know, like let's hype the influencer up, tell them how good of a job they are, their content right. is beautiful, and we want to work with them. And now, and then during COVID, it was, hey, I hope your family, like not even having a relationship with these influencers, like, hey, right. reaching out, like, right. hopefully right. you're doing okay. What, like wondering about your family. Um, right. If you're still open to collabs, like, let me know. Right. Um, just the sentiment changed a lot. Let's help people with that. Cause you know, I make fun of the word influencer all the time and I do surveys on it all the time. And so, but, but I do know what it is. So I want to try to help people understand it. Why don't you break down what what that is? What what are you really talking about when you say influencer? So there's two different ways that I think about it um, that has that's completely different. So the first way is uh, an account or a social profile that right. can drive revenue. So brands can be influencers themselves. People can be influencers. Right. Meme pages can be influencers. Yeah, it's as just a word. It's just a, it's just a catch-all phrase for, uh, can, you, can you bring us some customers? Right. And it, there's no limitation on like follower count. You don't have to have 100,000 followers. You, you can, Thank God. I know. <laughs> it's literally someone who influences. Um, right. But then there's also kind of like a content creator definition of someone who can create content um, that conveys a message they might not have the right audience, right. but if as a like as a brand or as someone who is hired out by brands to turn content into like a high performing ad, that's another way of thinking yeah. about influencer marketing is how do you like add some testimonials and credibility to your right. ad content strategy right. um, that we can fulfill through influencers. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think the biggest mistake. I mean, I certainly see it when we're doing the consulting side. You know, it's like people all think that making money is easy, but it's not. It's so difficult. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and it's, you know, you really have to look at it as a business and, and sometimes people overthink it. And the line I use to close most of the deals are, Hey, look, I have a bear making more money than you. So, <laughs> so do you want to work together or not? That's funny. <laughs> because you know, yeah. it, it, there is business. To, this is what people don't understand. Understand. There are business models that are very healthy online and they're not what you think they are. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you, what, what's been your favorite campaign that you worked on so far? Um, if, you, if you can oh, talk about it. Yeah, yeah, No, so there was one campaign um, during the middle of the pandemic when people started to realize, holy shit, nurses yeah. are overworked. And there's not enough underappreciated, of that. all that stuff, right? Yeah, and so I have 
I'm working with this one brand. It's called Snibs. It's a sneaker brand. Okay. And what's different okay. about them is it's sneakers for, um, you know, the working community, people who are actively mm, like on, on, the their feed, on the feed lot. That's perfect. Perfect match. Right. Exactly. And so it, they did some things like making it the, um, uh, the bottom slip resistant. They, right. what was special about the shoes was the, um, the, I'm, I'm blanking, but, but the okay. way it was built, it was so like, it felt like you're standing on a cloud and gotcha. you know, it was great for bartenders, great for, um, waiters and waitresses, great sure. for nurses and doctors. And retail. so we did it. retail. Yeah. If, if retail, retail. was open. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so what we did was we, uh, paired with them and ran a campaign doing like free like snib sneaker giveaways for, for um, nurses and, and doctors and exactly and so you could nominate your your mom who is a nurse or That's your great. dad or your cousin or your friend um and everyone ended up with a, as the winner either you got a free pair of shoes or you got a nice discount right. um really to support the the like working force during covid was important and so that was by far my favorite campaign. We not That's only great. did we support so many people, but we actually made a ton of money then too, right. um, because of all of the positive recognition that the brand sure. got. Sure. Why don't you explain to people how they, if they want to try to make money using, you know, connecting with people like you, what's the smart things they can do, and what's the things, what are the stupid things that they got to stop doing? Um, if, I mean, if you're talking about influencer specific, a lot of people think that, you know, follower count is the, the God almighty metric that you need to think it's of, like or the it's like the worst metric of all. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about it, if someone has a hundred thousand followers, how many of those people are actually going to be your target demo? Well, and versus- also that's right. And also as you go up, what people don't understand is as you go up in audience count, uh, your reach gets diminished. Right. I mean, it, it also depends. There's are some very interesting influencers that have kind of like this crazy engagement. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's like, uh, for sure that that's, but those are really there. That's the rare exception. Definitely hundred percent. And then also like engagement rate, it could be great. It could be, you know, at 10%, which is outstanding. Um, especially if you're, you have a large following, but is it real? Are people just telling their friends go like this? And that's totally valid. Um, engagement, it's just not going to drive you any revenue. And what I, what I like to tell people is that like, like, look, if you're not making money with a post doing a hundred views or a thousand views, you're not magically going to make money at 10,000 views or a million views. It doesn't matter. If it's not happening at the micro level, it's definitely not going to happen at the macro level. And that's, that's exactly the approach that we take. So what we'll do is, I mean, most brands have never done influencer marketing before. Yeah. yeah, It's all new to them. It's, it's all new. They're the biggest questions are, okay, how am I going to track everything? And if you want to be able to track and be super data focused, you have to partner with, um, these tech companies or these influencer management right. tools that cost thousands of dollars. Um, and so we kind of like being able to work with, um, you know, 50, 60, 70 brands and managing their influencer campaigns. You can aggregate that. and Right. Exactly. You guys, have, have a, you guys have a pretty close partnership with Facebook, right? 
Yes. Facebook, uh, we work with directly on the influencer side. We work with a platform called Grin, um, where it's more of like influencer related metrics. Um, but yeah, we also work with Facebook and, and testing out their new influencer tools as well. Um, but I mean that that's kind of, as we were talking before, we want to test every single influencer strategy or influencer demographic micro level first, and then validate that okay this messaging works the strategy works this demographic work this demographic works and then let's like bump it up a tier and then let's bump a few tiers i think that's where some yeah i think that's where so many i think that's where so many older people make a mistake right um the real benefit of the internet or online or social media or any of it is this massive access to free r&d it's just yeah. there, you know? If you want to do an idea, you can test it. If it works, you can replicate it. And if it fails, you can learn from it. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's it's all the, I mean, you, you just have to be data-driven about it, like right. figure out, okay, um, even if you, you can't, you have to do everything. I mean, when I started everything out, I was managing influencers and a number of brands through Google Sheets. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I can do it kind of starting out, um, literally anyone can do it. Sure. Um, just being track of everything on, on a spreadsheet and, and taking notice of change over time. Right. That's all it is. Now, how is it, we were talking earlier before the show started, how is it being a manager? Cause she's a big wig people. I mean, she's like a real big deal, right? So how, how is it hiring and training the older people? Cause everybody's older than you. I mean, nobody's coming in at, 19 or 20 because you're young Um, (laughs) yeah I like that's a whole different thing what's that like it's definitely different um especially working virtually I I can't even I can't myself kind of like look over people's shoulders or have other people on my team who are more senior look over um and so kind of like we've just turned everything more virtually um I think what's important when I hire someone is um, like seeing potential in people mm-hmm. versus raw talent right, right. now. Right. Um, and so that's how I've been able to successfully hire over 10 people. Um, I think that's smart because you're looking long-term there. If, if somebody's got talent right now, they're going to think they're more important. Yeah. And it's just like the the kind of culture that I want to build is really right. everyone helps each other. And, and every single person on my team started at a very similar place. Right. where they've never used these tools that we do. Um, and so everyone kind of starts at ground zero, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. And then also that they grow and they, they know that they've um, been able to uh, like expand their capabilities, just right. kind of like starting at zero versus if they, you know, if they've been this big employee at this massive company managing, you know, these hundred million dollar campaigns, it's, it's a different uh, mindset and right. um, kind of like, idea of camaraderie um, versus when you're again starting all at the same place very fresh but just excited to um, join a team and and make a difference and because I mean the brands that we work with are some of them are massive and some of them are super small and every single move that we do is critical right so uh, you know one thing we should talk about we should hit on before we wrap it up is we should talk about one of the interesting things of during the pandemic was the explosion of TikTok now Mm. TikTok I'd seen a couple of years before in, a, in the Asia version, right? 
So I knew it was going to be big, but that explosion was really amazing. How did that help um, people? Because that was in the pandemic that it was exploding. Yeah, I mean, it, it exploded and then people thought it was going to be taken down and then it exploded again and then it, everyone thought it was going to be taken down again. And it so was I never going to be gonna... taken down, people. I just want to be clear about it. I said, I had to say this hundreds of times. He was just I mean, I... mad about Sarah. The other <laughs> people, he was, it's always a Sarah that causes trouble. The little orange guy was afraid of the, you know, and you guys took him down at his, uh, you guys took him down at his rally. <laughs> you guys took all the tickets and then they, you made them look bad. Um, no, but I mean, it's, it's, that was a really good thing that I, in hindsight, that everyone was aware, like, is it staying? Is it going? Is, yeah. Because everyone knew about it at that point. Sure. It wasn't much of a mystery or everyone was trying to figure out what TikTok was to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Um, but luckily for me, we have been um, partnered with TikTok since uh, one, pre-COVID. Right? Right. Um, pretty yeah, much before, like right. we we're yeah and we were one of the first agencies to really um, get support from TikTok not yeah. only on the influencer side but also on the like the all paid advertising um, yeah so I mean it's it's been really successful I'd say actually running more TikTok influencer campaigns than any other platform um, we're seeing like more people just purchase from TikTok because Brands aren't promoting their thing as they did. They still, even though they know TikTok is right. here to stay, they don't know how to start. Um, and that's where a lot of interesting conversations happen because yeah. we'll get them started on TikTok. We'll get them um, some organic awareness through influencers. Um, and then all of a sudden they've, they're making more money on a platform they've and never heard. And then somebody's got a cranberry before. juice deal and a car. And <laughs> no, it's... It's so funny. We were working, I was working with, um, uh, like a, it was specific to like men. It was a hygiene product that uh -huh. was, um, like, like, a moist towelettes. Mm -hmm. And we had this one influencer literally like take a towelette out of, um, like the, the, uh, package was in front of the screen. He just like took a towel from the package right. and he walked off and then it said, um, like I just had a burrito and it was a five second video on TikTok and it, it went, crazy. went insane. We're like, how does this work? And yeah, the influencer had, uh, so you're, hitting, you're hitting on a big thing. People, like there is no rhyme or reason to what works. Right. And I, I think a lot of brands are a little bit nervous to take the first step and do unbranded content. Oh yeah. Even yeah. though it will push them to the well, next level. They, or, they can't control that. Right. And if it, if it's, I wouldn't say anything is a failure in terms of content. As long as it doesn't hurt your brand reputation, nothing's a failure. So well, even if it exactly doesn't. Right. That, that's exactly right. People don't understand. People take themselves, brands in particular, take themselves way too seriously. It's like most right. people, most people don't care at that deep of a level. Now I know why they do that because of course it's their, it's their revenue, you know, it's their livelihood. But, you know, it's like, no, you want to, if you can get out in front of people making fun of your brand, if you're the one driving people making fun of your brand, you're in better shape than if they're making fun of your brand. Right. I mean, I wouldn't even say like people are making fun of brands. It's just like not beautiful lifestyle yeah. produced content. It's very kitschy on the moment, on the spot. Uh, 
like how do I incorporate these right. products into my everyday life that people are like, oh my God, I'm going to actually see this product in use and it's not going to be this beautiful lifestyle moment. Um, but that, but seeing someone using a product in everyday life is something that's going to actually drive another person to buy it or try it out. Um, what would you want people to take away from listening to this episode over overall in general? Um, I mean, there's a few things. One is as a young professional and, and in my twenties, definitely reach out to people who you aspire to be, whether it's on LinkedIn or you find their scrape the internet and crawl everywhere and find their email. Um, it's important to keep conversations going, even if you're taking a break from school now, or you're, um, not moving forward with a career. It's definitely good to have these contacts in your back pocket when Mm -hmm. things get back to a little bit more normal times. Um, and then also like everything is, digital and and everyone should be thinking digitally um i mean yeah, I took a st- it's not going backwards that, that's right <laughs> i mean i i did take a step back and when covid hit we lost 20 percent of our business sure. um, but right now we're like 60 percent up since we started right um we like i've doubled my team i've doubled the amount of brands that i work with and it's all because we've been able to work digitally together and then also provide a digital service that clients can be a part of, brands can be a part of, influencers can be a part of um, with pretty seamless, like there's everything is seamless and connects together. Well, I think that's great. And I'm really glad you came on the show. Thanks. Yes, thanks for having me. You've been daft.